0: Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, Michael Wifford. Hello! So, I am back from vacation in Colorado, and we are jumping right into Sandman content. Mike gave you guys the breakdown yesterday, kind of like the little teaser, the warm-up for everything that's to come, a little background on Sandman, the comics, as well as the like what you need to know for the show and everything. So we are gonna dive into episode one today. But before we do, just gonna give out the typical reminders here. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do that on Instagram at FantasyRewindPod. You can do that on Twitter at FantasyRewind. And if you want to send us an email, that's always good too. That is FantasyRewindPod at gmail.com. All right, so we already got a little teaser of your thoughts of the episode one of Sandman, Mike, when you were talking about the warm-up there, like the little preface Mm -hmm. to all of it there. But just give us one more time, what was your general impression of episode one of the Sandman? Okay, so episode one, Sleep of the Just. Uh, I have to
1: say, like opening it when it opened up and you know you're going through kind of the exposition heavy sort of introduction and it's following jessamine as she's flying a little bit and into the dream it was just gorgeous now i think that's really a good theme for the entire first episode is anytime it went into dream sequences and any kind of visual effects they were just on the money i just felt like i was like Wow, this is, you know, they they did not cut corners making some of this stuff look awesome. Uh, Like, I think I keep coming back, and I watched it a second time yesterday, actually. I keep coming back to when um, the Magus and his, you know, fellow witches and wizards, whatever, capture Dream, and that effect where it's like the the spinning ball of, like, energy or whatever that turns into Dream, ugh. That was just, like, I was, like, just watching that again. I was like, this is just so cool, the effects. Uh, and I think so far, too, I, I just, I'm really happy with how it's been done. Has it followed the comics to the T? No. But I think it, what it has added in or given up is either because, one, some of those things that were written at that time maybe wouldn't translate so well uh, now. And two, it helps, like, the viewer understand. People who have no background knowledge and who haven't read all of these comics, like, uh, my partner was watching it, and she said that she understood everything. Uh, the only, Her only complaint was the time jumps were a little confusing.
0: I could totally what see that. What about you? Yeah, yeah so <laughs> for me, like, so my background with Sandman, um, as I've said before here— I have not read Sandman prior to watching the show here. Mike has given me the first two trade paperbacks to read through. um, And after I watched episode one yesterday, I went and I read the first issue, Sleep of the Just, coincidentally named there. And so what's really funny to me is I read the first issue after watching the show. And so to me, my first exposure to Sandman was the show. I thought the show was great. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was visually stunning, like Mike mm-hmm. said there. I completely was able to follow everything there. I did not mind the time jumps. I thought that they were done really well to show you, like, just how long Dream was imprisoned. Yeah. And, like, that was better than waiting, like, till the end of season one for him to break out. Oh, that great. would have been unbearable. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I thought that it was a really well done show so far. Only watched episode one. I'm gonna be diving into the rest of it shortly here. But as far as like what I think as far as like the translation from comic to screen after reading the first issue there, so far I told Mike this before we started. I was like, it's a pretty direct page to screen Adaptation with a few minor tweaks Um like there are some more Controversial things that might happen In the in the comics I'm not sure if they'll cover In uh in the season Here um also Like one thing I'm just kind of getting A little ahead of myself here but Um in the show When the one woman Kind of like propositions Alex A little bit to like have her meet The Magus and everything that I'm assuming Yeah. yeah is the the woman from the comics that runs off with all the all the stuff? Well, we
1: so yeah, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. Yeah, okay. When we talk about some of the things that were different, and I kind of like that.
0: But. Yeah, I mean to be honest, like that I thought worked really well on the screen. Like I wasn't questioning it; I was more questioning it in the comics when I when it happened because it just was kind of like, bam, this is happening, but. Um, getting back to the show here for the Sandman. All right, Mike, I'm gonna pass the baton to you and let you kind of lead the discussion on this. So go ahead, give us what, what we got for Sandman here.
1: Okay, so episode one, obviously, we open up uh, dreams talking, sort of explaining the dream world, the waking world, and everything in between. You get it's very exposition heavy, uh, and for me, that was a little bit, t- a little, a little bit on the nose, but. I under like for me because I already knew I was like, Okay, I get it, let's just get get going but <laughs> for people who haven't read it, like, obviously that helped and it was needed. Yeah. And that's really important. Especially because um I think sometimes with the salmon as you read through the series, it does get a lot more complex. So having it start off just very basic like I'm dreamed that I rule this realm and I'm going after uh this loose nightmare, the Corinthian and um it's it sort of sets it up in a really nice way that it's, you know, it's not overly complicated. Which this world, like when I think about it and try to think about how to explain it to people, like sometimes I get a little bit lost in like where to jump on because there's so much as you continue reading. And just a disclaimer: I have not read the Sandman Overture, which is kind of like a prelude. And so some of the differences I may notice may be in the Sandman Overture. Like I was talking with Dylan earlier with um, Morpheus, or Dream, going after the Corinthian. That was not in the original comic, in uh, in the trade paperback there. But it makes a lot of sense. And same thing with, like, Justine, She was not in the initial comic, but she could have been in the Saman Overture. And in fact, that was a point of reference when he gets the next raven, uh, Matthew... <laughs> who I do want to do like a little episode on and talk about him a little bit because it's really interesting, his history in the comics and such. But um, he, it's kind of a point of reference. Like Matthew's like, what happened to the other Ravens? And Dream's like, kind of, mm, he's not really giving too much information on that. But I kind of like that in this one, you did have just me trying to free him and it was kind of an interesting like sort of twist because obviously someone would be trying to free him, right? So I thought that was interesting, um, but I, I did kind of have a little issue with it, and that like, if Jessamy or if the Ravens can travel between realms, like you kind of saw at the beginning, mm-hmm. why didn't Jessamy go and tell all the dreams and all the other nightmares, like, hey, our boss is locked up, let's go and
0: free him. Yeah, like so for me, like I, I got the impression you know that Jessamy was kind of watching. And waiting for a moment for her, like for her to make her move to try to free dream in there. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know necessarily like if she was able to travel freely without dream between the waking and the dream world or not. But yeah. it seemed like to me that she was always in the waking, always watching Dream, always watching mm-hmm. the Burgess's house, like watching for a moment to try and strike there. The one thing that did catch me off guard, actually, was at the very end of episode one, you get a, like, things to come on this season of Sandman. And you see the next raven talking. And I'm like, wait, if this raven yeah. can talk, why couldn't Jessamy talk? So
1: I, That was kind of an, a weird thing, too, I agree. Yeah. Because in the comics, Matthew does talk. Matthew all the Oh, I, I fully time. expect it. <laughs> yeah, he talks all the time. Uh, But... Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, not to get too off track with the Ravens, because I, I do think it's really interesting, but I do want to go back here to the beginning. Um, so the exposition was very heavy, explains that Dream's more powerful in his realm, which is true. You see him grabbing his ham, uh, helmet, amulet, and the sand. And I don't know if it was really explained very well, but like basically he's put his essence into these items. Um, and they did a better job explaining it in the comics. And to be honest with you, I just don't quite remember The whole reasoning why he did it, and I don't know if he even knows why he did it necessarily, but he's more powerful with his vestments, and so when he does get trapped after confronting Corinthian and those are taken from him, obviously he's in a much weakened state.
0: So I just want to jump in really quick here as well, because mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite scenes from episode one was when he first confronts Corinthian, and how Corinthian was just like, oh my god, please lord, don't destroy me, like, begging yeah. on his knees, basically. And just, like, the image of Dream standing there all smoky and gas-masked oh, yeah. up and everything was really cool. One of my favorite parts of the of the first episode.
1: Now, they, they took a lot of those really, I thought, iconic pictures or like scenes or image not images but you know scenes with dream right from the comics yeah so like when he's captured and he's on the ground in the binding circle like right from the comics when he's like breaking out of his case later on in the whole energy um sphere and he's like kind of going into it like uh like right from the comics and i just like i was so happy that they took those scenes directly and just like translated it right into the show and the way they did it was just Amazing again. For sure. Uh, now, cutting in, so we have Dr. John H- Hathaway uh, and Mr. Roderick Burgess, who is the Magus, and we have um, Alex Burgess,
0: right? Alec, Alex? I think. I Alec. I'm not sure. Alex, I think it's Alex. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so we kind of get
1: in a really, you get it right off the sense here that this is like a different environment. You know, you see the little ritual going on with the Half naked person about to stab the themselves. Yeah, it looked like about to stab themselves. Yeah, yeah. So crazy spells, rituals, and the Order of Ancient Mysteries, as Alex Alex says. Um, I thought this was different, and you can because you just re- reread that first uh, comic book, so you can remind me here. I think the motivation was a little different,
0: wasn't it, for um, the magus? It would. It was. It was. Um, so. In the comic, there issue one uh, still sleep of the just, just like this episode title. Um, the motivation was just power and wealth eternal and eternal life and yeah. eternal life. Yeah. So like in the show here, uh, him obsessing over Roderick or everything like that, like his son that died in Gallipoli, you know, that wasn't necessarily in the in the comic there. Hmm. Also, like I'm sure we'll get into this when we talk about this character a little bit more, but Alex sorry, Alex in the comics is so much different than he is on the show and much more, uh, much more likable on the show.
1: (laughs) I'd agree with that. I think they did a nice job of kind of making you feel for Alex and sort of, it, it made the dynamic between having Dream locked away and like Alex being sort of more sensitive and kind of wanting to free him, but doing these things to sort of went over his father's affection. Like it makes it, the, they really tried to make that dynamic more interesting than it was in the comic. Cause in the mm. comic, it really was just, I'm doing this for power. And, uh, you know, it, it, there, it was lacking a lot of humanization. And I think with, with what some of the changes they did there, it did humanize those characters a bit more. So then we kind of have after they captured dream and we have, The real impacts of Dream getting captured And I love that they brought this up And they didn't sacrifice this for the show Because I think it was such an important scene That you know leads up It has ripple effects That kind of go up throughout the entire series In the comics And they're setting this up nicely To do the same thing here We had some characters mentioned And you saw characters That are going to be important later on Uh, People like Unity Kincaid um, Who are, are going to be very relevant Later on now how they do it. We'll see. I'm interested to see what they choose to keep from the comic and what they don't, because some things in the comic were a little graphic. Um, but I think, you know, the show has definitely said, at least through their language, that they're okay being mature. And yes, yeah, which is the only way to really adapt the Sandman because it does deal with some really dark stuff at times. You know, it has this horror element to it. That's really important to it. Um, And it would be a detriment if they took that away. Now, I like that, again, the real impacts, people not waking up, the sleeping sickness, the waking sickness, like people not being able to fall asleep. Dream being captured was a big deal. And I'm glad that they had that, you know, sort of everywhere. I do wish that kind of filtered in a little bit more into... uh, like the Magus's house like some of that mm. news and like his reaction to it like i think that would have been a little bit of an interesting uh addition to it all you know right him like, seeing the
0: repercussions of his actions yeah,
1: firsthand yeah like yeah okay and maybe just like i don't care like he hasn't talked to me i'm not giving him up yet or something you know but we we do, we do kind of gloss over that but uh, that would have been interesting yeah corinthian showing up explaining, giving a big exposition dump I think was important because in the comic it doesn't really explain how they knew to put him in glass and to keep like necessarily keep people awake because they didn't really know who they had. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that was important and it makes sense too because the Corinthian does not want him getting
0: out. Otherwise, he's going to be gone. So real quick, I'm going to jump in here, Mike. So in the comics, I read it yesterday as well, um, as I said previously there, um, with the whole like knowing who they had bit of it the magus said he pretty much initially knew who he had because he's like oh this isn't death like oh this isn't whoever this is Mm -hmm. good this is definitely like dream this is who this is because alex was like looking through the books and everything in the comics and like found this page of like dream in his full regalia and okay. it's like, oh, the king of dreams or whatever. And he shows his file. He's like, look, I know who we have. And the Magus was just like, I was wondering if you'd figure this out for yourself. <laughs> just like trying to see like if he already knew or not. And so the Magus knew who he did have in the comics eventually. Uh, but it wasn't like immediate, I don't think.
1: Well, I'm glad they kind of did it this way though, because it, it sort of, it makes more sense.
0: It makes a lot more sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah makes a lot more sense uh so then we have a little bit of a time jump after they set up dream in his little prison if you will you can see the effects of having his vestments the jewels and such like the order is doing really well for itself making lots of money people are going up showing up want to party there and that that reflected in the comics as well Mm -hmm. uh Then, during this part, this is where we meet Ethel. Oh, Ethel. She is actually a very important character in a lot of ways, and her son, who we will meet later on, is very important as well. Now, there is a slight change here. So, she comes into the picture, uh, she gets in good with the Magus, and then she ends up leaving. But in the comics, she leaves with Sykes, uh, the second in command there. And they sort of run away and... Uh, so that that's a bit different here, whereas like now she has the kid and that's her motivation for leaving. And I, I think that was kind of a nice way to tie in the other character there without sort of bringing in some of the uh, darker aspects of what happens to Sykes, um, in the comic where <laughs> Magus is sitting there trying to kill him for years because he uh, he <laughs> he took his stuff. So I, I'd like that that kind of twist there with that character. And she's I've I watched episode two already and we get more of Ethel. So we'll be able to talk more about her later on. Now, this is also where Jessamine ends up getting killed, which I've talked with Dylan a little bit before. And we, we were just talking about the Raven. I think that was a good addition. Still kind of question a little bit, but it makes sense. Yeah. And it's kind of after that, we sort of cut ahead um, to Magus dying after he keeps demanding from dream and dream's not answering him because F you i'm not going to talk to <laughs> i'm not going to talk to you when you imprison me which really matches dream's character because he's all about duty and the fact that this human would do this i'm just going to wait you out i live
0: forever you don't so yeah it was really funny a mistake, a mistake it was really funny reading the uh the comic there at for those scenes because in the show here you have Alex accidentally murder his father. Yeah. Basically like pushing him into uh, the crystal dome there and like cracking open his head and you know dying. Um, In the the comics he dies of a heart attack but like Dream the whole time is just like inner monologuing like I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And he's just like you know being patient and you know just Mm -hmm. waiting out and then he finally gets to the point where he's gonna break free and we'll get to that in a minute here but he's like now and like is able to go out and do everything but you can just see like he's just endlessly patient waiting for his moment to strike and his moment to get out because he knows that he will get free it's just a matter of time yeah uh yeah very true um
1: and we met paul who is who ends up being alex's boyfriend to partner husband uh and I, i really like the age skipped that they did there because we weren't seeing yeah. through everything that happened. That wasn't really important. Like you did in the comic where you're seeing kind of uh, Alex's sort of Rapid transition aging. through the years. Yeah. Yes. And I do want to add into the, the big, there is a big difference here is that the order by the end is very, doesn't have a lot of money. Whereas it still seems like they have a lot of money when there you have those security guards. Right. Hmm. So I do think there's a little bit of difference there. I do want to say though, it seemed like Paul intentionally broke breaks the circle.
0: It looked that way to me as well. Like Mm -hmm. he looked back, he saw that he broke the circle, and he just kept going. He's like whatever. He just kind of almost
1: like smiled at him too. Like
0: yeah, like it seemed it seemed almost like Paul was in on it to like break Dream free because I don't think that Paul, especially in the show with him being played by a person of color, like he definitely did not. Oh, he was not okay with Dream being held captive Especially for as long as he was Yeah Now the effects of him
1: Breaking out I thought were really Awesome like oh, him bringing the guy Into the dream and then
0: having him shoot the glass And he's just sitting there like oh yeah
1: come on Just keep shooting
0: Like nice. I, love that. I love that scene though too where Dream Just like close up on like his face With like the glass breaking a little bit Around him and he's just like kind of like staring Like menacingly was pretty cool, yeah. And then him putting um, Alex in
1: the waking dream, like yeah, that, it, that was terrifying. <laughs> yes, it was. And they, I'm surprised they didn't take it a step farther because in the comic, like he's having him do a waking nightmare, right? And so it's just yeah. constantly like nightmare after nightmare after nightmare, and him thinking he's waking up, but he's not really waking up, and then like
0: yeah, I. Yeah i didn't really get the full scale of what was actually done to him by watching the show one Mm -hmm. time here but like reading the the comic there when you see like the page long like waking nightmare waking nightmare and it seems so terrifying like i would not want that to happen
1: (laughs) yes and i wish they had done just a little bit more with that just to really get the point across that dream does not uh mess around if you slight him or mess with him, he is going to make you pay, which is something about his character. And I really wanted them to like hit that. Like He's not merciful. I really wanted them to hit that now because as the series goes, we can start seeing a change with him and a progression with his character because that is what happens in the comics is that from the beginning to the end, like he changes so much in so many little ways that are very really important to his character. Uh, so then we end up, he ends up transporting back. He ends up in the, um, back in the dreaming. And yeah, his kingdom's in disrepair. It's decayed. Um, the only one, or the only person left is Luciana. Did I say that mm-hmm. right? Luciana. Yeah. Which uh, is just, same thing as Lucian, except it's just a gender swap. And I that's fine. Uh, I think that's fine. I don't really, like, her character so far is really pretty much been the same as lucian so uh and then his pokemon quest begins he's going to catch all the dreams and all the nightmares and i love that he's like i gotta get them all
0: so (laughs) quick question for you so in in the comics here lucian is that the pumpkin person no so they're the uh librarian okay because I was going to say, like, you got a quick glimpse of the little pumpkin person in episode one here, when it was flying through the dream mm-hmm. uh, towards the beginning there. You got, the got, a, you got there, a glimpse but... of a
1: few really neat characters, yeah, uh, which we'll get to later on. I'm really excited for Barbie and her dream world and how they do that. You haven't <laughs> you haven't read that yet. I
0: know but... nothing about this, but Barbie's dream world, that sounds. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, uh. Honestly, I don't even, you don't have that. that i have that trade i think still but it's gonna be interesting to see how they mix some of this stuff and i hope they stay relatively true throughout now they can jump around a little bit because and pull some of these storylines so they're going at the same time because some of the Sandman comics were like short stories or dreams or like you know sort of out Mm. there stuff so it'll be neat to see what they keep and what they cut um Either way, though, I hope that this show is very successful with people because I just want more of it. And once you want, I I also want to say just at the end of episode one there where they had the what's to come. I thought that was so smart. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's not at the end of any of the at least at the end of episode two. It was not there. In fact, episode two, I watched episode two, and it went right in episode three, and it was just, like, seamless. It was really cool. Uh,
0: I feel like they did this, uh, just try to, like, hook people in, first mm -hmm. episode ever of this series that's been, you know, dramatized onto the small screen here, and so, like, having that, like, sneak peek was a good way to, like, try to gather in viewers to, oh, did you like this? Well, here's, like, a sneak peek of what's to come. Like, don't go anywhere. Come on back. So, yeah, it was good.
1: I agree. It was good. I'm excited, though. Uh, yeah, as we get to know some more characters and
0: we get into the dreaming. And I'm excited for you to take this journey, too. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, I enjoyed salmon Episode 1. I thought that it was very cool. It kept the mystery alive, though, too, where, like, I have no idea, like, every, of everything that's to come still. And I think that's kind of exciting because the show didn't give you, like, everything. It showed you he's going to be going to hell. It showed you he's going to be having a little fight with Lucifer here. Um, and... Or at least that's what it looked like to me. Um, but it didn't, like, spoil anything with that sneak peek at the end there. It was all done no. very, like, tastefully. And just, like, enough to tease you to try to get you to come back here. Um, the one thing I'll say, like, about uh, the Sandman so far is that, like, I'm... I'm hoping that it's not all like so visually dark because like watching it in the daytime can be a little tough if you don't have the shades drawn and everything because of all the details that are hiding there. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, I, like I said, I've enjoyed it so far and I'm looking forward to seeing more. Awesome. One last little note here is the gate. Uh,
1: I don't know if you were really analyzing the gate into the dreaming. So you see. No, not like, really. No. Uh, the, him, his mask, Right. Mm kind of on both doors but then on the side you have like these panels and some of those were definitely uh, some of the cover art to some of the comics and I was like oh that's such a nice little like easter egg there I loved it but all right, Uh, I think that's it for me talking about episode one sleep uh, Sleep of the just and I'm ready to talk about episode two whenever (laughs) whenever you get a chance to watch that so hopefully we'll have that done soon
0: Yeah, hopefully uh, my plan is to watch that this week and then we'll uh, pump that out there for everyone and then we'll be on like a a weekly rotation of Sandman and interspersing other awesome new shows that will be coming out here soon. Uh, It's going to be a busy month in August and I have another vacation coming. Oh my gosh. (laughs) All right. It's okay. Well, if that's all you got, then this is going to be Two Nerds signing off. See ya. See ya.